Hey, 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 shalom, 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 family. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, good day. Uh, welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Daily Bread Podcast, where we read the word of Yahuwah daily. And uh, the podcast is presented to you guys by Living for Yahuwah Ministries. I'm your host, Dali Yahoo. And uh, we're here to read another chapter. So, uh, today we, we are scheduled to read uh, Exodus chapter 37. So, uh, looking forward to it. Again, we're coming up to the close of the, the, the book. And uh, a few more chapters remaining. And uh, continuing to read about the building of the uh, temple and everything involved in it. So, we're coming out of the wooden the strong family, believe me. So, um, yeah, without any further ado, we want to get into the chapter, get into the reading, so we can start our day right. Um, but before we start reading, we have to open up in prayer, which is a very important part of the whole process. And um, then we'll be, you know, clear our hearts, clear our minds, and be ready to read. But before we open up in prayer, um, I want to just offer you guys a short recap, just in case. You guys are a little bit unfamiliar with what happened before we arrived at the point that we are now. So, if I can, let me give you the recap. So, we read in the book of Exodus. It's the second book in the scrolls, chronologically speaking. The first book is Bereshit, or Genesis, which is basically just uh, an account of creation and the story in the chronological uh, sequence of pretty much Yahuwah looking for righteous men on the earth and him coming to them, making an establishing relationship with them, uh, establishing a covenant covenant with people who he deemed as righteous. So after the creation, we have people like Noah um, with the Most High coming to him, saving him, delivering him, establishing a covenant with him. And people like Abraham, the same thing, the Most High, coming to him, uh, establishing his covenant with him, saving him, delivering him. That is what's going on. So basically, since we got introduced to Abraham, we have been following the family of Abraham. Which, again, that's a part of Genesis and the whole thing, the genealogy. Understanding that Adam, Noah, Abraham all come from one line of people, one pure line of bloodline of people, the Hebrew people. Okay, so uh, yeah, the Most High established his covenant with Abraham, and then we, the book of Genesis is uh, basically chronicling, following, journaling the uh, adventures, the sojourners, the travelings of Abraham's family, Isaac, Jacob, who later became Yasharal. And uh, we follow his family as they go through issues with, uh, with each other, with people around them, and it's lessons in everything. And again, this is. It goes before the Torah or the instructions of Yahuwah because this is basically the the history of um, that nation of people with uh, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, so on and so forth, the 12 tribes of Yasharal. So Genesis was basically the history of our, our forefathers. And uh, we get into the book of Exodus with a, with a shift happening in this journey of these people with them having to be led down into Egypt. Um, to be saved from a famine, but unfortunately they end up staying in Egypt and being oppressed. 
So uh, that's that pretty much frames the book of Exodus. We were in slavery, and then again, uh, Yahuwah visited his people uh, through a certain righteous individual who he used to raise up uh, the children of Yasharal and, and redeem them from slavery. And basically told Moses to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. So after 10 plagues, we finally got that situation. We were able to get out and come out on the Passover. And um, yeah, the Most High brought us out to his mountain. And he is um, courting us or grooming us by giving us his commandments as a people. And that's so uh, such an amazing um, transformation as we come down as one family. Um, basically, just a handful of people, less than 100 people. And we come out. Uh, a whole nation, you know, over a million people. Uh, it's truly amazing. So it was very interesting uh, incubation period and just the birthing of a nation, literally. That is the book of Exodus to best explain it. We just read about the birth of a nation. So uh, it's very exciting. So uh, let's continue reading that and what specifically are the requirements to be a nation that's functioning and literally serving our Elohim as a whole body. So that's where we at right now, family, in the book of Shemuk, uh, commonly called Exodus. We read in chapter 27, and uh, we're looking forward to what turns it's going to take next and where the journey or the, the reading will lead us next. So with that being said and the review done, let's uh, rise in supplication, make supplication to Elohim. And like I always say, it's very exciting to pray because... You know, you read all these majestic, magical things that's happening with Elohim, and we just have to realize it's the same person. He doesn't change. So he can transform our lives the same way, the very same way. So, um, yeah, if you can, let's stand if possible. Um, lift up, open our palms, raise our hands, open our palms, and uh, bow our heads. If, we, if possible, again, let's try to face the direction of Jerusalem. And uh, let's make supplication, family, just like this. Baruch Atah, Yahuwah. I mean, blessed are you, Yahuwah. Alahinu, Hamalak Ulam, our mighty one, the king of the universe. Uh, we come before you praying and asking, making supplication that you give us this day our daily bread, that you forgive us for our sins and our trespasses against your Torah and your commands as we forgive our dead oars. And we forgive those who trespass against us. We also ask that you pardon us, forgive our iniquity of our current family and our forefathers for their sins and transgressions against your Torah and your commands. Again, as we forgive our dead Lord. Most importantly, we ask that you allow us not to be led into trial, but save us and deliver us from the wicked one. For yours is the reign, the power, and the esteem now forever. Uh, yeah, you will. We just come before you today. Uh, not forgetting to acknowledge you as we start our day, come before you to give you praise, honor, and esteem that's due. And just want to thank you for waking us up, bringing us to this point, and uh, just for everything you're doing, all the little things we want to be thankful for. For again, waking us up, putting breath in our body, roof over our head, all the provision that you have given us. You, we don't want to take for granted. We want to continue to come before you with hearts full of gratitude and just an attitude of worship and service. So we ask you. Accept this offering of the bullets of our, the bulls of our lips. Uh, receive this uh, thanksgiving of praise as uh, the morning sacrifice. So uh, these things and more, 
Yahushua, we pray in the name of our Mashiach and Sovereign, Yahusha. Halal Yahuwah, Tudah Yahuwah, Yabadakak Yahuwah, Aman, 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 Aman. Yes, family, so glad to have you guys with us. So glad to, to be able to wake up on this beautiful morning and read the word of Yahuwah and share it with family. Like, uh, I, I can't be more fulfilled. I can't be more fulfilled. So, uh, we did the recap. We have prayed. So now it is time to get into our chapter for the day again. Shemuk, commonly called Exodus chapter 37. And uh, let's get into it. Verse 1. So, Bazalal made the ark of acacia wood. Two cubits and a half was its length, a cubit and a half its breadth, and a cubit and a half its height. So again, understanding the construction of the Ark of the Covenant is what they're speaking about right now. We already read about the building of the tables and the menorah and the walls and the curtains and all the things that have to do with this temple. So now we end up talking about the Ark, which goes in the most set apart place, the Holies of Holies, which again, if we relate the building of this temple to our body, this is like the head. And the most important place, the brain of the whole temple, the operation. So the most important part is being built right here. So let's try to tune in and see how we can get parallels from this, how we can uh, reflect on this. Verse 2. He overlaid it with pure gold inside and out and made a molding of gold around it. And he cast for it four rings of gold for its four feet, two rings on its one side and two rings on its other side. And he made poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold and put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark to carry the ark. Verse 6. And he made a mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half was his length and a cubit and a half is breath. And he made two carabim of gold. He made them of hammered work on the ends of the mercy seat. One carub on the one end and one carub on the other end of one piece with the mercy seat he made the two carabim on its two ends the two carabim spread out their wings above overshadowing the mercy seat with their wings with their faces one to another toward the mercy seat were the faces of the carabim so i'm trying to think what's the best way to describe a carabim so uh okay so uh Karab is a sword. Karub is like a heavenly being that's like a protector. They kind of have a sword. It's like uh, they some protectors. It's an angelic being. But every angelic being is not an uh, angel or commonly called Malakim. It's not a messenger. Some are Karabim, which is again, you can think of Karabim as a sword because when the Most High kicked the our forefathers, Adam and Eve, out of the garden, they placed carab he placed carabim with flaming swords to protect the way. So sword is karab, karub is uh, a jagged being that's like a protector, defender with the sword, so to speak, uh, a spiritual sword maybe. So and then you have seraphim, which are another type of angelic being, flying, flying, fiery serpent type of. Another different type of being with a different type of uh, objective. So a carob beam is like a guardian, centurion, defender, something like that. Angelic being. 
not doing it on earth, but it's a heavenly body. But we see the Most High is putting it over the ark as like a protection, basically over the mercy seat, the place where his presence will dwell. He is enthroned between the Caribbean. It, it reads in the other in another place. So, I mean, if you're a king or any royal type of person, wherever you are, you have some some centurions or protectors around you. I guess that's the that's the best way I can explain what a Caribbean is. Obviously, none of us have ever seen one, but through biblical uh, description and uh, precept upon precept, we get a an idea of. The purpose and the function that they serve. Um, so let's continue to read about them. verse nine. The Caribbean spread out their wings above, overshadowing the mercy seat with their wings. Their faces one toward another, toward the mercy seat were the faces of the Caribbean. He also made the table of acacia wood. Two cubits was its length, a cubit its breadth, and a cubit and a half its height. And he overlaid it with pure gold. And made a molding of gold around it. And he made a rim around it. A hand breadth wide. And made a molding of gold around the rim. He cast for it four rings of gold. And fastened the rings to the four corners at his four legs. Okay. I think we got that. Verse 14. Close to the frame were the rings. As holders for the poles to carry the table. Got it. 15. He made the poles of acacia wood to carry the table and overlaid them with gold. And he made the vessels of pure gold that were to be on the table. His plates and dishes for incense and his bowls and flagons with which to pour drink offerings. He also made the lampstand of pure gold. He made the lampstand of hammered work. Its base, its stem, its cups, its calluses. Its flowers were of one piece with it. Verse 18. And there were six branches going out of its sides. Three branches of the lampstand out of one side of it. And three branches of the lampstand out of the other side of it. Three cups like almond blossoms. Each with calyx and flower on one branch. And three cups made like almond blossoms. Each with calyx and flower on the other branch. So for the six branches going out of the lampstand. And on the lampstand itself were four cups made like almond blossoms with their calyxes and flowers. And the calyx of one piece with it under each pair of the six branches going out. So okay, what we have here is just a very detailed description of how he is actually formatting the menorah. It's not just, you know, just bars and candlesticks, but it's very intricate design of uh, blossoming fruit on it, like almond buds and blossoms. So uh, again, everything had a purpose, uh, but it was very stylish and functional at the same time. I think that's the best way to understand what's going on. Verse 21, and a calyx of one piece with it under each pair of the six branches going out of it. Their calyxes and their branches were of one piece with it, the whole of it was a single piece of hammered work of pure gold. And he made his seven lamps and his tongs and his trays of pure gold. He made it and all his utensils out of a talent of pure gold. So yeah, just to uh, keep this in mind, understand talent is 75 pounds of gold. Somewhere around there, but it's a lot of gold. So all these things are made 
uh, a pier gold or something like the altar or the art were made of wood because it was a bigger box type of structure, a hollow structure, but it was overlaid with pure gold inside and out. So very interesting. Verse 25. He made the altar of incense of acacia wood, uh -huh, and it, its length was a cubit and its breadth was a cubit. It was square and two cubits was its height. Its horn were of one piece with it. He overlaid it with pure gold, its top and around its sides and its horns. He made a molding of gold around it and made two rings of gold on it under its molding on two opposite sides of it as holders for the poles with which to carry it. And he made the poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold. He made the holy anointing oil also and the pure fragrant incense blended as by their perfumer. Hallelujah. So very interesting what we have in this chapter, just is the details of the actual fabrication of the work. We have one instance where Moses goes through all these details and is explaining the plan as he was shown it on the mount. And then we have a gathering being had contributions being taken and now the actual person being chosen to perform the work is doing that. So um, again, these are the, the nuances of scripture that you know, sometimes go unnoticed, but it's very important because it's just, again, highlights uh, the, the uh, how can I say it, the, the details that our forefathers went through, the, um, the, the ins and outs, you know, the, the intricacies, that's the word I'm looking for, the intricacies of our culture and our faith, you know, the, the menorah, the, the lampstand, the table, the incense altar. These things are very important in the service of Allahim. And, uh, you know, we haven't been doing it. We unfamiliar with them. And we wonder why, you know, it seemed like the presence of Allahim is not with us as a people. Like, uh, you know, overwhelmingly. But when we see the details, how our people uh, follow, follow the instructions to the T. How we came together on one heart, one mind, one accord to make contributions for these things, to give to it, and how we, how they function um, consistently, day in and day out, as a, as a heart vessel for the community, pumping in people and sacrifices and pumping out, you know, smoke, blessings, and uh, just righteousness. People coming to this place for judgment, you know, it's it, this is the focal point of our community. It's nothing else. It's not. The liquor stove that we build, the strip club, it is the place of worship. The offer, the incense going up every day, the offerings being slaughtered, the beauty and esteem we see when we come to worship Yahuwah, it puts us all in the right mind frame to approach set apartness. So, um, yeah, all we could do is continue to have that same diligence and giving and meeting up with each other in, in, in our worship and our sacrifice and our offerings as we continue to come back to Yahuwah. And eventually, we see it. We see it. So, um, yeah, family. That was chapter 27, 37. I'm sorry. Chapter 37 of the book of Shemuk, commonly called Exodus. And uh, thank you guys for reading with us, walking with us, joining us. Uh, pray you guys have a blessed day. Uh, we ask that you guys please follow the podcast so that you're notified when we drop another episode. Uh we ask that you guys interact with us. Let us know what you think about the episode. Have you ever read this chapter? But really, 
when I think about this chapter and the esteem of this building we're reading about, it make you think about worshiping in a nice place. And I wanted to have you guys ever worshiped in a nice place and the feeling it gave you, like a nice church or expensive place or a place that was like really well designed or just, you could tell they, they really put a lot of resources into building it. How does that make you feel? Like, you know, that's, that's what I think I want to talk about, the discussion that comes to mind. It's what I think about when I read this, like, it, it has an effect on us. Uh, and and again, we hear it's a talking about current events. It's a new temple being built, a third temple, so to speak, in construction. Definitely, that's a hot topic. I want to know what you guys think about that as we continue to close out the book and uh, the the discussion on the temple. So we ask for your feedback in the question and answer segment. Let us know what you think. The links are will be posted below to follow us on our podcast. I mean Instagram and uh, social media. Which is great because uh, sometimes we have information regarding the ministry there, uh, meetups, whether we might be going live or interviews, whatever it may be, um, that all the extra information will be posted on our social media feed. So if you feel led to follow us on social media and if your heart is willing, you also can uh, become a patron and donate to the ministry as well. So uh, that's it for me, family. Um, Dollar Yahoo, your host, signing out on Daily Bread and saying, until the next chapter, family, shalom, shalom to you. Peace to you guys, and uh, have a blessed day. Shalom.